Um, good morning. Uh, my name is Ken, and I am a compulsive eater. I'm going to say I'm a compulsive eater, not of the gutter kind, as you often hear in meetings, but of the Beverly Hills kind. Um, I grew up in a family where food was plentiful. My father was in the food business. My family was in the food business. And so never, ever, ever a problem. I want to first thank Georgia for um, inviting me to speak um, this morning. Once upon a time, a lifetime ago, it seems, back in 2014, when I was a brand newbie in program, I didn't have absence. I didn't have a sponsor. I think I was barely in program a month. I heard about a workshop, and some of you have been around that long can help me remember the name of the workshop, because it happened in the very room that you're sitting in right now. I drove my little car on a Saturday morning from Long Beach to um, your center. The woman's name is Sherry. Um, ABCs of abstinence, the ABCs of abstinence with my very first workshop right there in your center. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, what to expect. All I knew is that someone suggested that I go and I went. Um, and it was an interesting day. Um, and I, I often think about that center in my experience from time to time in, in my journey. And I, I call it a journey. I hope you all treat your uh, recovery as a journey as well. Because if I'm thinking about final destination, I'm thinking about a shovel putting dirt over me. So life, my life is definitely a journey right now. Um, I like to start um, uh, actually to, to kind of center myself with page uh, 89 from the big book. And that's from working with others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. It is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. I don't have to remember they're very ill because I only need to look in the mirror to see myself and remember I am ill. I am in recovery, I'm not recovered. Uh, I learned early on in my recovery career, only a hand gets cured, and that's a good thing because I keep a kosher home, so it doesn't apply to me anyways. I don't intend on getting cured. Um, I am grateful, grateful, grateful to this program. Um, and that just reading that just got me, uh, I'm a little raw. I have to tell you guys, I'm a little raw this morning, very emotional. Um, that hit me um, in general. I feel very strongly in my recovery that I need, to, I need to read the words, hear the words, see the words of the big book, of our program, um, all the things, all the, the literature, guaranteed the steps, the traditions. I need to hear them a minimum of once a week to remind me of who I am, where I am, where I came from, and um, what my path is. Because my life is completely different, completely different Um having stepped into the rooms, finally, of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, and I say I'm a little raw because uh, emotionally, I'm just way off balance, way, way, way off balance. So you may have heard recently, there's no such thing as an outside issue. So I'm just going to go there. Um, I am grateful that I'm not eating today. I'm grateful that I'm not compulsively eating today with the things that are going on in the world and with my people, with my family, with friends that I have. Uh, overseas in a country that's being attacked within my own neighborhood down the street from me. Um, the world is definitely off balance. And I am just grateful to God. I call my higher power God that I'm not picking up a fork. And of course, I as a compulsive eater would never consider using a fork. 
I would open the bag, rip it open, stick my face in and eat it without any sort of utensils and get it down my gullet as fast as I could. I'm not doing that today in spite of what is going on. And, you know, that's not me. That's God, because me would be wherever I could get it, whatever I could put in my mouth, probably sugar, highly probably sugar, because I have learned in these rooms that my addiction um, is not just around food. But as a child, I learned, I learned very early on um, the, the, um, the symptoms of the disease. I picked them up very early. One of them was lying and the other one um, was isolating. And the other, um, I think, is numbing out with a substance, which I think is definitely a, um, a symptom of addiction. My choice being food. Other programs have other substances, food and sugar. So sugar became my friend um, and it actually all food, but sugar in particular, great way for me to leave the world, not have to feel, not have to deal and not have to live um, in the present. So um, since I shared earlier, I think my story before October the 7th um, didn't change. And that is, um, I'm the first generation American child of two Holocaust survivors. And um, that in itself comes with its own set of circumstances, its own set of rules around food, around eating, et cetera. Now, um, let's add a layer that my mother and father never should have been married. It was, I say, a match. they often say match made in heaven. This was purely a match made in hell. Um, and... Um, on top of that, my father was a normie and my mother, legend has it, crash dieted down to her wedding day to fit into her dress. So I'm here. Thank you, mom. Um, I also, I, I know I'm not, it's not to blame. It's just a comment. I love my mother with my heart, soul and might. Um, if probably the closest thing outside of this program to unconditional love was the love of my mother. But I will tell you, and I'll repeat myself later on, that this program demonstrated to me that there is a greater unconditional love, and that is the love that happens in these rooms. Um, because whatever happened in my home always had a carrot, and not an edible carrot, but you know, a carrot or a stick. There was either reward, there was either praise or shame. So you can throw conditional right into the mix there unconditional for me happened when I walked through the doors of Overeaters Anonymous. Now, it took 19 years for that to happen. And uh, I'll, I'll keep you grasping on and, and, and wondering, wow, 19 years, this guy is really stubborn. Well, there's no, no excuse why uh, one of my bosses used to call me uh, Mr. Resistor, right? I mean, it was on the guidance of my therapist um, who I'm still with today. Uh, the 19 years was continuous from him. So I'll go back to my youth again really quick. Um, my mother being the, um, I'm going to say, if we were talking social media, she'd be an influencer. My mother, the influencer um, in my disease, my older brother and I all had the disease. And so we had a career of dieting. I can tell you that in fourth grade, um, I was taken, I, I went to Weight Watcher meetings when I was like early on, 1968, 69, I was a chubby kid. And actually I was a skinny kid until 1967. I started compulsive eating emotionally when my parents finally realized the best thing for them was not to be married, right? 
And so it increased the level of rage, the level of tension, uh, the level of fear in a little boy's mind. Uh, where's dad going? What's going to happen with mom? Where am I going to live? Why is dad leaving? Why is dad coming back? And layer on the fact that my younger brother was born with a disability. So all of the attention parenting back then, you know, they, <laughs> I just laugh at kids today, laugh. It makes me laugh that they need a rule book, a set of instructions, a perk chart, a flip chart and a PowerPoint to raise a child because I wasn't raised that way. Parents did what they did, right? I, I believe back in the era that I was raised in some of you the same way, it was intuitive parenting, right? So uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, all the attention went to my younger brother. And that's where I learned to lie, that I was happy when I wasn't, that I needed attention and I wasn't getting it um, because all the attention went on my younger brother. And there's no resentment there. You know, um, having a special needs child in your home um, growing up, it, it, it painted a very different set of circumstances and how we lived, how we interacted in the world. And, you know, get a little, uh, again, a little emotional because I know what it's like not to have a friend. When you're disabled, Nobody wants to be your friend. So there was a very different, different set of circumstances and it all led to the food. So I started to talk about um, dieting every weird diet possible. In fourth grade, um, there's a town near me. You may have heard of it, Cerritos. We got driven to a, a diet clinic in Cerritos. My mother drove my older brother and I. We saw a diet doctor who gave us a 500 calorie diet a shot of HCG, which I believe is still impacting me today. Um, you can't shoot a, a young developing man with female hormones and not have it affect them body dysmorphia-wise. I've done my homework, did my research. Thank you for this program. Thank you, God, um, to understand a little better. And I got um, diet pills. In the diet, some of you, I may remember that phrase, diet pills. They were all different colors. Right. I remember these as being little pink diet pills. And I was the speediest little fourth grader in the Long Beach Unified School District. So those were the kinds of desperate acts and always coming back to the WW. Now, my top recorded weight, um, and, and I'll qualify in a second. I forgot to qualify. My top recorded weight was 326 pounds. Um, I don't weigh that today. I've weighed less and I've weighed more. I have never completely relapsed. I am, by the way, in the middle of a relapse right now, um, mid-relapse, uh, he says with a smile on his face. Uh, and qualifying in this program, I came having, I lost the 132. I came into this program on a, on a relapse. Um, I have given away 28 pounds on this program, actually 26 pounds. Uh, today, I, I weigh once a week on the scale. And today I saw a number I wasn't happy with. Um, I like the number to go this way, not this way. I don't know about you, but it's about, in this case, gravity pulling down, not going up. So today, today was not such a good day, but I also understand that this past week, um, my portions may have been a little bit larger than usual, a little less exercise. My attention is focused on other things right now. So all of these crazy diets and the craziest is I finally lost the 132 on um, Oprah's program. She didn't own the, the program at the time. I don't even know where she was back then, but I lost 132 and I thought, here's some um, insanity. 
The best way for me to keep that weight off is to go to work for that W company. I had a great job with um, the company that year was called Pacific Bell. It changed a number of times over the years. I think today it's called AT&T. That's the company I retired from. I had a full-time job um, and I went to work at night for the W. And um, imagine a job where once a month you have to not just sit down and have a review in front of your boss, but you got to step on a scale. Your boss looks at your number and judges how much you weigh. And there's good and bad. If you are more than five pounds above your goal weight, you immediately go on a discipline program. So what did I do? I was at the gym and I did two aerobics classes, jumped around like a crazy fool. And if that was enough sweating, I went into the steam room and sat and dehydrated myself. Now, the other piece of insanity, which some of you I hope relate to is, I weighed in the same clothes every single month because I wanted to be sure that that wasn't a deviation. It wouldn't cause a deviation from my weight. Anyway, I quit. I relapsed. They gave me a 10 pound gift when I walk out the door. Here's 10 pounds. Thank you very much for working for us. Um, that was relapse number one. Got my way back down, almost back to a, a healthy body weight. And then I quit smoking cigarettes. And um, that's been relapse number two. And relapse number two um, has been a challenge because I realized as my body gets older, uh, the challenge of uh, reducing body size isn't as easy in, in your 20s as it is, um, I will say now loving, I am grateful to be alive and looking hot at 63, okay? Um, so there are those challenges. Now, what got me in the door? So I think you know what life was like before. What happened? I don't know what happened other than this. Um, I can tell you that at the time that I finally, I, I went to a meeting. My therapist got me to go to a meeting. There was a meeting at the Gay and Lesbian Center in, I'm going to say it was the late 90s. And I thought, okay, here's another diet attempt. I'm going to go into this OA meeting. I'm going to sit down. They're going to give me a diet. I'm going to go home and I'll come back next week. I'm going to get on the scale. Boom. Like every other, like every Jenny and Nutri and pre-digested liquid protein and shots and every National Enquirer diet ever invented, right? But that didn't happen. You guys stumped the heck out of me because you were talking about something I could not even relate to. Who knew what a feeling was, let alone connect into it? I was so numb with food and so into the food, I didn't know who I was, where I was, at what time of day it was. I could get to, the, I, I mean, I, I would say I was a, functioning, emotional um, blocker, right? You could only get so far with me. Highly functional, life of the party, but emotionally locked down. So I walked away, never to return. And like I said, it took 19 years. What got me in the door? I can tell you the circumstances. Five I minutes. Five minutes. I disclosed that I was a star performer. I got downsized. Um, geographically, I wound up in a meeting. I white knuckled it for six months. An old timer who's no longer with us, a man named Jerry, who I sat next to with his wife, Vivian, every single week in that Thursday night step study in Long Beach, turned to me one night and said, get a sponsor, start working the steps if you ever expect to recover. My first sponsor fired me. Um, and that was because I didn't do, and where are you, Susan? Welcome aboard, find a sponsor. Start working the steps immediately. Ask questions. Own your program. 
No one is going to tell you what you need to do. You need to ask. And that's where I failed. And that's how I got fired. I got fired because I let it go too long. Um, she told me, she basically kind of semi-ghosted me and said after I finished step one, that she could see me in three weeks. And I thought, I'm sitting in these rooms. You're telling me I got a disease that's going to kill me and you can't see me for three weeks. Hmm. I go to a doctor. A doctor tells me I've got a terminal disease and six months to live and can't see me for three weeks. I'm finding another doctor. Well, I finally found abstinence in the 100-pounder meeting in Orange County on a Sunday night in Irvine. Um, it was a miracle that night. It was April 2014, 15, I'm sorry, 2015, sat next to a man who became my first sponsor. And that's the man who showed me more than my own family what unconditional love meant. Because all he cared about was me and my recovery to the point where we would meet weekly at Starbucks and we'd read out of the big book. We'd read out of the purple book. We talk. He cared about me. He cared about my life. He cared about my existence. And it was his day off. And more often than not, he'd be calling his wife saying, I'm sorry, honey, I'm going to be late. I'm with Ken. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. He is the gold standard by which I try to live my life when I sponsor. And the gift that I get out of sponsorship is getting to look in the mirror and seeing myself, hearing myself, reminding myself, oh, by the way, thank you for the God shot this morning, page 159 of Voices of Recovery, writing that one down. I needed to hear that. I need to hear that every day. Boom. Thank you for the slap in the face, the shake up, the reminder. Um, wow. So what can I tell you? Um, this program, I'm, I know I got a wrap, is rich, full of gifts, Susan. I will tell you, I learned the difference between my will and God's will. And I'll share very quickly how that worked. Um, when I got the notice to either retire or lose some benefits, after doing some footwork on my finances, I walked out the door of AT&T at the end of 2020 and retired without regrets, without remorse, without thinking about it twice. That's how I know it's God's will. If I start to negotiate, want to change it, make it my way, it's Ken's will. God's will fits like a glove first time around, no questions asked. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for these moments. I'm grateful for all of you. Um, my life is full of gratitude. And, and, you know, I forgot to introduce myself as the former CEO of the world. CEOs don't have gratitude, <laughs> right? When I quit that job, I started earning gratitude points. And I want to continue earning for as long as I can. I want to continue growing and recovery. Um, and I am I out of time? Uh, no, you have a few minutes. I have a two minute warning. Good deal. Great. Um, two minute warning. What did I want? To, what would I want to say in two minutes about this program? Is that it changes? It didn't change my life. It is constantly changing my life. I've seen changes and. I love what's happening so much that I'm anxious and, and hopeful and um, excited about what's around the corner, a series of right-hand turns. Um, right now, I'm working with a sponsor where I'm feeling like a newcomer, Susan, because I had to treat myself this way. My sponsor, ironically, lives in Israel. He, I met him at the birthday party three years ago, four years ago. He moved his family, and uh, he broke up with the program. The last thing I wanted to do two months ago was shop for a new sponsor. You just, it's not something fun, but I found someone 
And I said, God is telling me I need to put myself in program diapers, learn to stand up and walk like a toddler. And I'm doing that right now. It's showing up in my life. It's showing up in my recovery and it's showing up on the scale. So with that, I'm going to close right here because um, I am certain I'm close to out of time. I am grateful for you all in the 818 or wherever you are. Um, thank you for um, letting me share this morning.